0: Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. Hello and welcome back to another episode today. I'm excited to have a chance to sit down and do this episode. However, with a big, big caveat, I feel like this is a near impossible episode to do because there's so much nuance in what I want to talk about today, yet... I know that it's not gonna meet everybody's needs because of how different everybody's situations are. I feel like this is such an important episode to do though or at least attempt to do because I've just seen this multiple times recently and I've seen how big of a stumbling block it is for individual healing and also relationship healing. And so again, I just kinda wanna uh, share just right out the gate, I know that there's gonna be so many unanswered questions because this topic is really I think controversial for a lot of people. And there's so many uh, layers to this and so much nuance in all of this that it's impossible for me to answer and speak to every situation, answer many of the questions that you might have as you listen. However, I do wanna do my very best to provide at least uh, another way of maybe considering your situation in your relationship with your spouse. Uh, Again, I, I wish I could, it's it's a whole lot easier for me to do this one-on-one because then I can address specific concerns when I'm working with people. And I had a session with somebody, uh, you know, I've had multiple sessions with lots of people about this topic, but somebody recently who spent an hour, an hour and a half talking through all of this stuff. And so there's just a lot to it. But the reason why I wanted to share this with you all today is because the understanding, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard a wife say, if you loved me, if you really did love me then you wouldn't have done this or if you really did care about me if I really did matter to you then you wouldn't have done this you wouldn't have lied to me you would have just been straightforward and upfront if you were struggling with this some variation of that theme if you wouldn't have loved if you would have loved me you wouldn't have done this and in the same breath I can't tell you how many times I've met with husbands individually who are pouring their heart out and sometimes in tears telling me how much they absolutely love their wife and how no matter what they say, that just falls on deaf ears. And so as I'm meeting with these guys individually and they tell me how much that their wife means to them, their wife of course has such a difficult time taking that in because the action of watching pornography does not demonstrate love. And so I totally understand where she's coming from when she says, "Well, if you did, then you wouldn't have done that because that's not love." So how do we make sense of this? And what do we do and how do we navigate this particular aspect or you know, aspect of the relationship because again, like I said, this is such an important piece and I've found that when when people can have an uh, an understanding about what was driving this, and really what the cause of this was. Because if it's if if a woman believes that her husband is watching pornography because he doesn't care, if that's actually not true, then we 100% need to know that. And we need to understand what is true then. If the reality is that he was watching pornography because he really didn't care, we need to know that too. However, as I reflected on literally hundreds of couples that I've worked with. I don't think that I've actually ever worked with somebody where that has actually been the case. Anybody who I've worked with comes in and tells me how much a husband will come in and tell me how much they care about their wife. And then that's, again, it makes perfect sense why she has a hard time believing that because this action doesn't demonstrate that. And whenever a wife does find out about her husband's struggle with pornography, And whether you're married or not, it's the same idea. I'm just like for shorthand, I'm saying husband and wife. Whenever she finds out about it, it completely shatters what she understood the relationship to be. And it redefines everything in her mind. So she has a really, really difficult time grappling with all this. So my attempt to share with you, maybe another way to consider this, or at, at the very least, in hopes that this can open up a conversation between you and your spouse so you can come up with a shared understanding together about what actually is happening and what's driving this, and if there if there are other ways of describing why he's struggling with this. The reason why this matters is because if she believes that he doesn't love her, it's gonna be very, very difficult to develop any sort of deep, meaningful connection. It's gonna be very difficult for her to heal from the, the, the pain and the trauma of finding out about what her husband's been doing and it's gonna make it difficult for him to know how to comfort her because if she just doesn't believe that he loves her so much of his comfort will fall on deaf ears this is a problem because without her feeling comforted the pain remains and so many women struggle with this pain for such a long time and it's in part from what i've seen it's in part related to her understanding of this issue and why he's done this, specifically about you know this meaning him not loving her. I wanna share with you, just to hope, hopefully set the stage for this, a couple of examples in maybe in some other areas to help kind of share the principle of this. So one thing that's so important to recognize is that we all have internalized programming. An internalized way of seeing the world that develops when we're young. There's a, an author, a researcher who I really, really like, and he talks about how there's a, pr- and this is this is kind of common knowledge in some circles uh, of different therapists and researchers that there's there's like a what's called like a programming phase. This is called an imprinting phase. So the imprinting phase takes place between ages about you know birth to age seven or so and this imprinting phase is critical for us as human beings because of how different we all are in our own families much less in our own nations and in cultures there's so many different ways of operating that we've been designed to have this phase of life where we are basically just programmed by the people around us. So whatever interactions we have with other people, whatever types of situations, whatever lifestyle we grow up in, that kind of just becomes our blueprint for the world. And again, this is really, really important because of how many different cultures and ways of being there are. If you have, I have, my brother used to live in Japan for a couple of years, and they do things so differently than they do in the US in many respects. For instance, I'll share with you one small one, looking in the eyes, right? If a child looks into an elder's eyes, It's perceived as disrespect. And so if you have an American 10 year old kid going over to Japan and living as an American does, there will be people that will be offended by his way of doing things. Now, the reason why this is so beneficial to have an imprinting phase is because we're trained and conditioned and cultured and programmed to behave and think and be a certain way. Our values are programmed into us by all the. What's what we are exposed to when we're young. Again, you can, you can reflect on this, something as simple as so growing up in a religious household and then growing up in a household where um, there's a totally different focus, right? You will prioritize and value very, very different things. That doesn't mean you can't both be good people, of course you can, but meaning if you prioritize and value religion and relationship with God, if you grow up in a home where that's not the case, there is no belief in God, and let's say it's an atheistic home, you're not gonna have those same values and that's a direct result of the programming which is a result of what you're surrounded by and the interactions that you have as a child. Now all of that being said, when we grow up, this is a part of why we you know, see the world the way that we do. And of course it's possible to change the programming but it often requires intentional effort. Programming often is not changed by itself. Now I've had conversations with women who in their parenting find themselves doing things that their parents did that they hated. They hated that their mom acted in this type of a way or reacted to a certain situation in a certain type of a way or was angry and yelled and was critical. They couldn't stand growing up at a home with a parent that acted in that type of a way. Yet, Sometimes, again, a a woman will share with me as I'm working with them that she finds herself doing the same thing and she hates the fact that she's doing it and she doesn't like that these behaviors exist in her or those reactions exist in her, especially because it's so in conflict with the kind of parent she wants to be. So maybe some of you who are listening can kind of relate to this parenting example. You might find yourselves doing things that are in conflict with how you want to be, yet it happens still. I remember being at it, so another example, I remember being at a training. This was actually really recently and she perfectly captured this idea that I'm trying to describe right now. There's this internalized programming. So she said that growing up, She identifies, she identified as a lesbian, but she never came out about it because it was so frowned upon. She's maybe in her 50s now. So it was so frowned upon, it was not accepted by anybody in her family, anybody in her friend circle. And she developed this internalized homophobia, is what she said. And so now as an adult, she recognizes that there is still that internalized programming within her around homophobia, even though she said I'm out, I'm proud, I completely accept this lifestyle, I'm with somebody who accepts this lifestyle, but she describes that when she's in session working with people in this community, when they describe to her about being lesbian themselves or trans themselves, she has this gripping emotional reaction inside of her. Now, again, I share this to illustrate the point that sometimes our programming is very different than how we want to be. It's the difference between like the head and the heart or the head, the, um, the intellect and the emotion. Intellectually she accepts and is proud of who she is. Emotionally there's still this underlying programming that's in conflict with what she knows intellectually. So again, I share with you these couple of examples to set the stage for this is so often what happens when men struggle with pornography. There's this internalized programming when they're young. And by the way, the cutoff isn't seven. It's not like a slight switch. It's a gradual kind of, it's a gradual process. And we're still we're we're always influenced by the content that we consume, by the people that we're around. Like the the programming phase doesn't end per se as much as when we're from zero to seven. It's just directly downloaded into us. When we get older and older, we can of course start to evaluate things and, and modify how we act. But this, again, when people are exposed to pornography at early, early ages, early adolescence, they're still being programmed. So the reason I want to, why I wanted to share this with you is because again, I've worked with so many men who grow up in homes where let's say pornography is not okay. And it's it, there, there either is no conversation about it, but there's just a lot of kind of non-verbal non-acceptance or if somebody grows up in a religious household there's discussion around how this is a huge sin and this is not okay and don't do it so that when the little you know adolescent finds himself doing it and he's curious about it and his body's responding to it now there's this conflict inside of him of I shouldn't be doing this yet there's a part of me that feels good there's a part of me that likes this and I'm drawn to this and so when they grow up there's this conflict in their programming where they're doing something that they know they shouldn't be doing, which causes them internal shame and guilt and fear. And then if you layer on top of that, growing up in an atmosphere where you can't then talk about it because you're gonna be shamed, you're gonna be in trouble. There is no safe place to process how you feel. You can't sort through the, 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 the different emotions and experiences that you're having with this particular topic then it just becomes this confusing, overwhelming, scary thing. And so they grow up in a home or grow up in a way that there are so many conflicts now in their programming. And they then learn if they don't have another way to cope, if they learn that pornography is an outlet and it's an escape for pain, that becomes a part of their programming as well. And so whenever they feel stress or overwhelmed, the pull for pornography, comes to the surface because the brain will do, the brain ultimately is looking for a way for survival. And how do we survive? We get out of pain. So it's a very simple, you know, it's a very simple, uh, it's the brain is driven by two very simple things, towards pleasure away from pain. The brain doesn't make us happy. The brain is designed for survival. It's our job to make us happy. However, if we have programming, and conditioning that leads us to watch pornography when we're in pain, those links just get reconditioned over and over and over again, all the way through the teen years, all the way through the twenties, all the way through the thirties and beyond if you're struggling even older than that. And many people are. So the idea of this programming being in charge of these internal reactions and responses that influence then our behavior is very, very relevant and crucial to understand. I know I've been taking some time to explain this, but it's so, so important to recognize the programming influences how we are as people, even though there's conflicts in how we want to be with the programming that we develop and grow up with. All of this being said, when I share this concept with guys that I work with, it resonates very much with them because they tell me, I hate the fact that I do this. I want nothing more than to be away from this. And I hate myself that I can't seem to stop. Yet when I get triggered, I'm pulled back into the same old pattern. I try my very best to resist. And then I find myself slipping up and then I don't wanna talk to my wife because I know it's gonna hurt her. And so it becomes more of a secret. And then if you bring in the relationship dynamic, she then finds out about it, of course, feels devastated. And then the cycle continues. She gets upset. There's so much pain and trauma she goes through. She can't trust him. He recommits, okay, I'll do better. And when men, again, so many men that I work with, when they recommit, they mean it with their whole heart. I, don't, I won't do this anymore. I want this out of my life. However, the analogy that I shared with somebody recently is, imagine I've got a little four year old, so you know, he's playing with trucks and trains and that whole thing. So imagine having a train track that just goes in a circle this is our programming. It runs on the track. It's like GPS, right? We will go We will go back to our emotional home base unless something changes. And so when a husband is discovered or his pornography use is discovered or revealed, there's this huge crash on the tracks, right? A wall, let's say, break, there's a wall that breaks down. And, or I don't know, I think it's some image, right? There's some collision, right? There's a crash course. And she is devastated by this. There's so much damage because of this behavior. And then he tells himself and he tells her, I won't do this again. He means it when he says it in so many cases. And then the train keeps moving on the track and he does well for a little bit. However, if there's no changes in the trajectory of the track, it will ultimately find its way, circle back to the same point of impact, and he'll do the same thing because the programming is leading him back to this place. Now, this isn't used to justify it. However, it's necessary to have an explanation because it's necessary to have an explanation because if you don't, then you don't have a solution that will solve the issue. If you can't understand specifically what it is for you that's driving this, then finding a solution by throwing a dart against the wall, it's not not very effective. However, if you can understand what your programming is and what links have led you to do this, and what associations are made between certain triggers and then, and then the urges to watch pornography. If you understand all of those elements, now that reveals a path forward. It's like, I've shared this example before, but I think it's relevant. It's like if you have a headache, it could be caused by dehydration or a brain tumor. Knowing what's actually driving it will make all of the difference in terms of the healing process. Because if you apply the strategy of drinking water to resolve the headache when it's not being driven by dehydration, you're not gonna solve the issue. So understanding how these train tracks align and bring you back to this place is so, so important. Now, let me link this to this the broader topic now. Knowing that as the background, now when people get married, that programming comes with them into the marriage. Relationships develop and a husband or a man starts to you know date a woman, and develops feelings for her, develops a sense of love, which develops into a strong relationship, which deepens the feelings of love and affection and kind and like there's, this, it, it, there's a bond that develops. And so this is where I think so many men have such a hard time describing to their wives. They love them so much, there is a relationship that's there and in the same breath, this faulty program the faulty programming follows them into the relationship. So when he's acting out and watching things that he shouldn't be watching in his mind, he's not thinking of it as, well, I don't really love her. I don't really find her attractive. Therefore I'm going to go do this thing. He's so compartmentalized, right? He's so compartmentalized when somebody is in this state of acting out, it's the programming that takes over the links that have been made, the associations that are all there. It's the train track that runs that. Then he acts out then almost like comes back to his senses and thinks, what have I done? I did it again. I hate that. Like, what am I doing? I know this is going to crush her. Why did I do this? And so he's compartmentalized his way of coping. And that's separate in his mind from the feelings that he has in the relationship with her. That is a very, very difficult thing for her to understand. And I get that. This is a part of why I want to do this episode in hopes of trying to provide at least the consideration that there is another way to look at this. It is so much more nuanced than if he loved me, then he wouldn't do this. There's so much more nuance to all of this. And my, I just feel for the women who are in this position because it causes so much pain, not only to be impacted by her husband's issue, but layered on top of that, if she believes that he doesn't even love her or care about her, it stings all the more. It hurts even worse. And so I hope that I'm describing this in a way that can start to resonate or at least open up the possibility that there is something else to describe this. And again, in just about, or if not just about, but if not every case, 98% of the p- cases that I work with, it can be explained in this type of a way. This problem follows them into it. Even though him and her have had multiple conversations about how this is unacceptable and this needs to stop and it's not okay with her. And he fully agrees with that. And he says, I, I'm with you, I, I think, pornography is horrible. I don't want this in my life. We shouldn't have this in our marriage. He can say that and fully believe that yet the internalized programming might be different. So what do we do with all this? You know what? Let me, let me, let me actually offer one more thing. Just to reinforce this point. I remember, uh, I remember having a session. This was a long, long time ago, but this has stuck with me for years. Had a session who with a, a, a heart surgeon. And He would describe to me that he was in so much emotional pain because of his relationship, and he did not know how to repair it. There was so much breakdown between them two. There was so much just disconnection that it hurt him on a deep level that he would find himself coping by eating. He would overeat, and the thing that he would eat was donuts. So he would tell me it'd be 2 a.m. He'd be so upset about the fight that he and his wife had earlier that day and he'd be eating like four or five donuts. And he would explain to me, in the moment he's sitting there eating the donuts, he tells me, I know exactly what this is doing to my heart. I'm a heart surgeon. Yet, this is how I'm just, I'm coping in this way. It's so difficult for me to stop. And in those moments, it's like, I don't even care, right? Because the programming is such that I'm in, if I'm in pain, then you do this behavior. Again, it doesn't make it good, it doesn't make it right but it just demonstrates how in our head we can know that certain things do and don't work, but our programming is such that it has such an influence on our behavior. The reason why I share all of this with you is for two reasons, there's two reasons to this. Number one, the critical nature of understanding the programming, so you can then actually make changes to the train track, going back to that analogy. If you can understand how certain things line up and why this triggers this, and this underlying issue influences me to do this, now you have a blueprint that you can then start to update. You can change your programming. It just requires intentional action. You have to do it deliberately. It doesn't just happen on its own. So once you understand the current structure of it, now you can start to intervene. So that's reason number one. I wanna share all of this with you. Reason number two, I hope so much that the women who are listening to this can start to consider the possibility that there could be another way to interpret or understand this issue. Because when it opens up, because when you can understand it from a different angle, especially if that other angle is true, right? If it is true that he loves his wife, if it is true that he's not acting out because he doesn't love her, we must know that because it then opens up a space to have a different conversation to work towards healing because there is a path that opens up, right? It it allows a space for his comfort, for his love and support to start to be with her and provide reassurance, which is how you start to create connection and safety and healing. And so as I've worked with women who find themselves in this, in the same situation, I feel for them and I empathize with them and truthfully, at least in the very beginning, I would believe and feel the same thing. It's it's almost like, how could you not? How could you not believe that? How could you not believe some variation of maybe he doesn't really care about me? Because if you've had multiple conversations, if you've had tears and fights and arguments about this, and you've tried so much to help him see, this is not okay, and then he keeps doing it, it's very easy to walk away from that thinking, I must not matter. So my hope is that as you consider these thoughts today, That if nothing else, it can prompt you to consider another option. And number two, my encouragement, my hope is that you can start to have conversations in your relationship with your partner together to come up with, or rather clarify and develop a shared understanding of what's driving this so that then you can move forward together in a different way. And it opens up a path for him to get the help that he needs to completely eradicate this issue because the programming again is not an excuse. There's responsibility and accountability that must be taken, right? He didn't cause his own programming. However, he is responsible for changing, updating that if there are pieces in it that need attention. That's his responsibility. She can't do that for him. So he can take ownership and responsibility for taking steps to understand and alter the programming moving forward so that there is a different set of There's a different set of, I guess, to use the same word, programming or blueprint that runs, that influences his behavior to more fully align with how he wants to be. The last thing that I'll say with that is going back to the doctor example, right? When he's eating donuts, the answer isn't more knowledge about why donuts are bad. That's not the reason why he's, that's not the reason why he's eating donuts. It's not because he doesn't know better the answer is to help him solve his emotional problem his emotional pain in a different way it's helping him create new programming about around what you do when you're in pain it's maybe giving him new tools new ways of processing the pain it's helping him develop greater awareness about really what the root cause of that is and maybe other elements that contribute to the pain whether it's shame negative beliefs about himself Uh, you know, finding ways to communicate more effectively in his relationship. There's so many other tools that open up when you understand what the problem actually is and what's driving this, which then helps people individually and in their relationships move forward in a very different way, ultimately leaving this problem behind them, which is my goal and my hope as, as you are listening to the podcast. So again, as you're listening to this, I know that there's probably a thousand questions that you have and well this part doesn't make sense or you know i hear you saying this but what about this i wish that i could answer every single one of these nuances or rather have a conversation with you about them because i've found that when we can pinpoint what the questions are and have conversations about that it does create some ways to reconcile all of these nuances so that it can feel like there's some peace there so again please i I, I'm, i'm very aware that this, bot, this podcast is going to fall short because it's not answering all the objections and questions in ways that things just simply don't make sense. However, my hope is that it can at least get a conversation started and open up the possibility of considering what if there's another way to understand this. So my hope is that this week you can start to have those talks in your relationship and see how they unfold. And if you need some help, that's normal. I, I think it's 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 so helpful to have a place to process with somebody who can help navigate this with you. But at at the very least, it's just starting to have these talks to see if you can make any headway with this and develop some kind of a shared understanding so you can move forward together in a different way. Okay, I hope that was helpful. And for any of the men who are listening, I want to invite you to join. If you're looking for some extra support and tools and help implementing these, uh, tools and strategies so you can fully overcome pornography so that it doesn't have to follow you around anymore. Go ahead and go to uh, www.facebook.com groups slash tools to quit. And the link is going to be here in the uh, show notes as well. So I look forward to watching you guys make progress and really overcome this addiction, get this problem out of your life, restore your relationship, so you can actually move forward and leave all of this behind you in a way that there's actually closure.